0: Janet Davis and welcome to Food Plus Freedom podcast. Today is January 16th, 2024. Episode 13, dump your New Year's resolutions for seasonal or situational adjustments. I hope everyone has had a safe and happy New Year and you're adjusting to the year 2024. You might be thinking, how did you get here? Well, who knows, but we're here and we might as well have a great time and live a great life. Remember, Food Plus Freedom is a solution based podcast and website for freedom loving people where you get solutions about food, supplies, and finding freedom for your family without always being dependent on big government, big business, or big agriculture. Please subscribe to our podcast wherever you listen to podcasts so you never miss an episode. Plus, visit our website at foodplusfreedom.com for more podcasts podcast show notes, articles, and soon we will be putting up videos as well. We also have a free e-newsletter that gives you more information and keeps you in the loop about Food Plus Freedom and our homestead. Social media, we're on Twitter and Truth Social, Food Plus Freedom. Rumble, videos will be coming soon. Podbean, Podbean foodplusfreedom.podbean.com and telegram food underscore plus underscore freedom. Don't forget to wait till the end of the podcast for a quick tip of the day. Now on with the show. What goals or resolutions do you have for 2024? And do you really think they're going to work? I'm not saying New Year's resolutions and New Year's goals aren't a good thing. It just seems to me that people don't normally accomplish them. Don't get me wrong. I've fallen into this group of people in the past and I have failed. Okay, maybe I didn't fail. I just didn't complete them. So I learned what not to do. For some reason, when we make a New Year's resolution, we think some mystical power is going to come over us because it's a new year, allowing us to succeed, but that usually doesn't happen. Changing how you do something because of a goal can be earth shattering and change your world in a positive way. If you haven't guessed, I don't do New Year's resolutions anymore. I do readjustments throughout the year to get to my next goal. Maybe getting through this last situation or season of 2023 will be enough for you to make some changes, but let's not call them New Year's resolutions. Let's call them seasonal and situational resolutions that you can follow through on and become very successful. Situational means when you're in the middle of the situation or just finishing it, you've decided something needs to be changed you've learned lessons from whatever situation you were in and have decided ways to make it better. So the next time you have to do that task, it's better. For instance, the next time you decide to buy an animal or plant a garden, you're going to do it a little bit differently because of that situation you've gone through, you've learned and you've made a point to make it better. Unless you can make the change immediately, and sometimes we can, and sometimes we can't. Make sure you write down your thoughts, and I mean all your thoughts. Write down what you wanna change and what triggered you to want to make those changes come about. Because a lot of times, it might not be until the next season or the next year that you're going to make those changes. Make sure you remember where you wrote this information down, if it was on your computer, your phone, or a pad of paper, because when next year comes around, you're going to want to find them very quickly. It's a good idea to look over your ideas for change every once in a while. Well, one, you might get some good laughs over the ideas you had, but you will get some great insights to move forward from where you are to where you want to be. By doing a seasonal or situational adjustment, you make a decision for a change as you're involved, You're also making a commitment to yourself that you want something better. By putting it on paper or telling a family member, you're committing to the changes you want done. And then when that situation happens again, you know what you need to do. It can be as simple as remembering to have all fences available before the animals are moved, or as complicated as revamping a kitchen because a floor broke. I'll never forget, or rather, shall I say, my husband will never let me forget, the year I decided to buy more chickens than we knew what to do with. It was a simple mistake in my opinion. We had a budget for how many chickens we could order, and I was determined to get as many meat chicks as I could for that amount. If you know anything about buying chickens, the more you get, the cheaper each chick becomes. I figured we would do 50, but when I went to order them, because the price came down as I ordered more, In fact, at 100, the chicks were extremely cheap and I wasn't paying any more money than I would for the 50. So I ordered them and then forgot all about them. Why did I forget? (laughs) Mainly because we were ordering so late we couldn't get them until mid-July and I just got involved in other things. When the post office called that we had live birds to pick up and please come get them quickly, they're very loud. We weren't prepared to raise them. We weren't prepared for butchering. We weren't prepared for anything. Why? Because we had so many chickens and there was no preparation or thoughts before they arrived. It was quite a learning experience. We learned how to move fencing very, very quickly in the rain and most importantly, we learned never to order 100 chickens ever again. We now have chicken areas for our free ranging and moving our meat chickens around. Plus we incubate our own to have control over the supply chain and we only do up to 24 at a time. Why only 24? That is what our incubator holds and you don't always get all of them to become chicks. We also changed our feed. We will have a full podcast on chickens soon and we will get into it, but it was definitely a lesson learned. The idea of situational and seasonal adjustment works great for growing food. As you finish the garden season or part of the season, make notes of how you can make it better. As you run out of fresh food and have to rely on canned or buying, make a note of needing to grow more, or maybe less if you have too much, or learning to grow something fresh inside, like sprouts or microgreens. If you're not growing yet, keep track of what your family eats so you can start. If you're not stocking food yet, do the same. You're adjusting and making your homestead world better with each adjustment. So what are you planning on changing for 2024? Here are six ideas from the homestead and homestead mindset to help you decide on something new for 2024. Remember, your mindset grows before your actions do. Number one, garden. Some areas of the world are already gardening. Some won't be gardening outside until late May or early June, while others are thinking about closing up their garden soon due to heat or cold. And then there's everyone else who falls in between. In other words, every area around the world is different for gardening. However, this is the best time to get your seeds, especially if you're in the Northern Hemisphere. Many seed companies have finished preparing their seeds for the 2024 growing season. Their catalogs are in your mailboxes or online. I always suggest going with a smaller company because if you have an issue, you're more likely to be able to speak to someone who is directly connected to how the seeds are grown or where they are grown, and they can answer your questions. This is also the best time to decide on what varieties you want and what methods you want to grow. Plus. You can start growing indoors with microgreens and sprouts just to so get a jump on things. Or you can begin getting ready to start growing some of your seeds inside from, and then transplanting them outside. Make sure your seeds are open pollinated and organically grown. Organic seeds also mean they are non-GMO and not bioengineered. Heirloom seeds are also nice to have for they have been proven over test of time. So that would be an organic, open-pollinated heirloom seed. And yes, they do exist. Do not get F1 hybrid seeds. Even organic F1 hybrid seeds, which are great to grow, you don't want them because you cannot save seeds from them very easily. You don't know what part of the hybrid will grow from the seed the following year. Make sure your seeds are not genetically engineered and not genetically modified. I've seen some articles online that say they don't sell GMOs to home gardeners. That is a bunch of bullcrap ola. If you buy seeds from the Amish or other bulk seed places, they can buy bulk treated and GMO seeds. Then they break them up into smaller quantities for home growers. In the past, I've accidentally picked up treated seeds from a big box store. Treated seeds are coated with chemicals for better growth. They cannot be organic if they are treated. Right on the package, it says it's treated with, this package says, W-I-T-I-I, Captain, do not feed for food, animal feed, or oil purposes. If you can't eat the seed, you don't want to plant the seed. This information is written in teeny tiny letters on the very bottom of the package. I usually see the information on the back of the seed pack. There is nothing in the labeling that stands out so you know know you've bought treated seeds. In fact, these seeds were sitting next to organic seeds and I happened to grab the wrong ones. The seeds will also be a different color. I've mainly seen the coating on peas and corn. I do not know what other varieties of fruits or vegetables Big Ag and Gov are treating. The key is to look at the color of the seeds. The corn seed was pink instead of yellow and the pea seeds were purple instead of green. Orange has also been used to treat seeds. Do not buy them. Do not plant them. Again, look for organic heirloom open pollinated and you'll be fine and don't rule out getting seeds from a friend that believes the same way you do about gardening. This is also a good time to decide what method or methods you're going to use for growing. If you're just starting out, grow food you really like. I also suggest growing a few plants that you'll get results quickly, like radishes or lettuce, and then plant others that will take a little more time. Plants that you like to eat. Other quick growers are peas, and green beans, long growers, cabbage, tomatoes. Check out our website, foodplusfreedom.com. This week, we have two new articles available about gardening. One is about seed types, and the other is about gardening methods. Number two, raise some animals. If you live in the country, you can raise pretty much anything you want. However, if you live in town or an apartment, You're a lot more limited to what animals you can and cannot grow according to codes. In the village near my house, people can have six hens and no roosters, and they can't have anything that has a hoof. Yes, your hens will lay eggs without a rooster. I've seen people grow quail and rabbits in small areas where they have no land but want to grow food. People grow rabbits and quail in basements, closets, garages, and spare rooms. Of course, if you have the space, you can grow other animals such as pigs, goats, sheep, emu, cows, just to name a few. On foodplusfreedom.com, under terminology, there is a section of cow terminology if you're curious. Number three, find more places to buy your food locally. This is a perfect time to search for farmer's markets, CSAs, community-supported agriculture, local farm stands, and talk to like-minded friends. In Gilbert, Arizona, their outdoor farmer's market has tons of fresh-grown and locally-made food. Their weather permits growing and buying in January. One farmer told me that they had 300 days of growing. I was quite amazed, being I'm not from the area. On the other hand, the farmer's market in Buffalo, New York, have either closed for the season or have gone indoors. There are still locally made food and grown items such as potatoes, popcorn, onions, frozen fruits, vegetables. People are making homemade bread, baked goods, etc. You might also be able to find fresh herbs, sprouts, and microgreens, but nothing com- compared to but what you'll find in the warmer climate. Regardless, it's the best time to find and start visiting those markets near you. If they're opened, visit, get to know the farmers, get to know the market. If they're closed, watch for when the market opens, then go. Number four, buying supplies made in America locally or from small businesses online with the same beliefs as you. No, you aren't going to find everything you need made in the U.S., but you can find almost everything you want made from a country you want to help support. It might get tricky. You might have to do without. You might have to alter what you want, but it is possible. The world has gone mad and we must fund our future with our consumer dollars. This means more work for us who want to empower small businesses and defunding big business as much as possible. But in the long run, it will be worth it. If you like to shop on Amazon, don't buy, but use it as a search engine. Then go directly to the store and purchase it itself. Up other marketplaces such as Etsy and eBay, you can decide if you're going to order from that vendor or not, or find them directly as well. If you can get the item directly from a company instead of through a marketplace, the company normally makes more money. And it usually doesn't cost you any more, maybe shipping, but look at the shipping cost as helping keep a vendor you like in business. There's a new site called publicsq.com, and no, I don't get an affiliate from them. They're a newer marketplace where you can buy directly from the businesses. Some businesses you can buy on site, some you have to do, some you have to go wherever they direct you to, the site is new, it is growing, plus they also have a local area search to be able to find local vendors in your area. And don't forget to walk around your area or near your work for new and existing businesses that you just passed by because it was more convenient to go somewhere else. Look for businesses on your preferred social media, talk to your like-minded friends, and share information. And don't forget to talk to your friends because I bet many of them have side gigs that you may not even know about. The alternative economy, or shall I say the economy not based on any agenda, is growing and not going anywhere. Number five, if you're a social media type person feel stuck, go find social media that aligns with your beliefs. Find ones that are for freedom-loving people and not against you. Just make sure you're living your life and not getting sucked into social media. People who live their lives on social media aren't living, are they? Number six, learn a skill or maybe more than one. Learned and mastered skills are the most important aspect of growing your homestead mindset. Skills are knowledge that you have used and no one can take them away from you. I am not talking about watching 35 videos on how to do something. Yeah, you can get the gist of it, but you don't own the skill. I'm talking about doing and learning. Sure, go watch those 35 videos on how to set up a chicken coop, then go set one up. Even if you don't have chickens yet, go get a couple of your friends to help you build it, and now you all have the skill. Find any skill that makes you more independent, such as cooking, baking, raising food, sewing, woodwork, mechanical, or even talking to people. My grandson and I were talking about skills. He's learning to cook now that he's out on his own, and he's not sure that he likes it, but he likes to eat. The difference between learning a skill and mastering a skill is doing it over and over again. I told him to pick a few recipes and get good at them. Then let me know his opinion about cooking. I'm sure he'll get back to me. And you don't need to have every skill. This is where connecting with like-minded people, which is a skill that's very important, then you're starting to create a community of people who can barter or sell to each other products and services. Changes for food plus freedom. This year, our biggest situation was our tech. I've been trying to find better tech that isn't part of the agenda. It's hard because most tech companies fall into big business, which is connected with big government, which we try to get away from. And it's hard. As of right now, Food Plus Freedom has been moved to a new server and hosting. It's also receiving a facelift. We've made most of the changes on the design, but we will continue adding. Plus, we're going to be adding videos as well. And there'll be more and more articles appearing and reappearing that have disappeared over this transition. We're still working on getting our podcasts on all podcast providers. Currently, we're having issues with Google and Apple. If anyone has any ideas, please drop us a line. And as I said, videos will be coming very soon. They will be available on our website and as end on Rumble. Not sure if they're going to be anywhere else, but we do know they will be there. Podcasts will go live every Tuesdays and Fridays. Our newsletter will be available on Tuesdays as well with information on homesteading and the homesteading mindset, as well as keeping you in loop of what's going on Food Plus Freedom and our homestead. Please sign up on our website, Freedom for a free newsletter, so you'll never miss any information. Changes on the homestead. Our poultry flock is increasing and coming off commercial feed. This means fodder and sprouting for the flock. We've done it before, but we're doing it with a different method. We will do a comparison, and it will be online. We want to create and expand our chicken flock to include a winter outdoor home for next winter. We realized this winter what didn't work. We also brought in several new breeds in late October to raise and incubate more. We are working on figuring out the best sustainable meat bird we can breed, grow out, and harvest. No, we do not do Cornish Crosses. I will definitely have a video on this sore subject of mine very, very soon. I've always wanted to have a chicken garden. That's where chickens run around the garden to help with bugs and don't eat the food. This is a year we will set up a small area that comes off of the outside chicken area. Sometimes we're doing more experimenting than actual knowing, but hey, that's how you gain hands-on knowledge, isn't it? There are many other things we think we might want to change, but we need to start with these. Plus, we need to stop a few things too. Yes, stop. Sometimes it's best that you stop doing something. For instance, we are no longer going to raise pigs. We are talking with friends to raise our pigs for us. This will open up space and time to concentrate on our poultry expansion and chicken garden. And we want to document more of what we are doing to help you, helping you find your homestead mindset and action. Remember, homesteading is a piece of mind, not a piece of land, and anyone can do it. This is Janet Davis from Food Plus Freedom. Thank you for listening. Please subscribe to our podcast and e newsletter and hang tight for the quick tip of this show. <music> Do you make homemade bread? Maybe you grind your own wheat or maybe you use organic, already ground whole wheat. Do you want to improve the taste, make it softer or less dense? Then add white or apple cider vinegar, ACV, to your recipe. Why? Because vinegar increases the acidity of your bread dough. Yeast needs to have an acidic environment for working at its best. When you add vinegar, not only does your yeast work better, it also reacts with the proteins in the flour to form better gluten bonds. How much should you add? Too much will ruin your bread, so be careful. Rule of thumb add one tablespoon of vinegar to two and a half cups of flour. It doesn't have to be exact, and you're best to be a little bit under, than over. Beware, your dough may rise quicker and fluffier too. Now you know. Until next week, grow food, buy local, and gain freedom.